doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel. Take a fly. Sit me trace it out of sight. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. It is Tom Tuttle with me, actually, this time. Yeah. He is back. Uh, lots of stuff going on, so um, yeah, be back and forth here and there maybe a little bit. Hopefully <laughs> it'll be three of us for the next uh, three or four episodes. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, because we are going to be going over all of our rankings from preseason and seeing exactly Whee! where we stand some of it's good no. some of it's not so good so uh <laughs> yeah this will be interesting to go over um but first we are going to start with some uh news and uh we got quite a bit of it so let's let's see um just what's happening <laughs> The news around the National Football League. All right. Season's over. Did you uh did you get what you wanted with your New York Jets, Tom? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say. I already did my rant two weeks ago. You did, you did. It's, I just have a little thing here. It's unfortunate. That says the New York Jets have more wins against teams with a winning record than the Chicago Bears who made the playoffs. Yep. That's that makes sense. That's not right. The Jets the Jets are so bad that we screw it up. That we screw it up. <laughs> we screw it up. And we we're so bad that we win when we don't want to win. It wouldn't have mattered if we won two or one, we'd still get the second pick. But I mean, I guess winning two makes me feel a little more optimistic for the future. But Winning one made me really mad. Yeah, That's, oh well. I, I don't know. I, I that was I don't like what. Uh, the only good thing we did was almost immediately we fired Adam Gase. That's a good thing. That is a good. At thing. least I I will say I was a little scared. I didn't know exactly. I was like, maybe they're not going to fire him, and then we're going to have to do this. Honestly, if they weren't going to fire him, I would not have watched another game with the Jets until he wasn't the coach. But. <laughs> I'll, I'll be able to watch now. All right. I got something for you here. I wanted to start this off and get it out of the way. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully this won't like be super loud in your ear or anything. But I was shown this by a coworker, and uh, I laughed quite a lot. And, of course, now it's probably not <laughs> going to pop up. If I can get it to pop up, that would be great. Okay. Here the we go. Trevor Lawrence purposely lost the game against Ohio State. He wanted to do all that he could to lower his draft stock and raise Justin Fields. The plan <laughs> is for the Jacksonville Jaguars to take Fields at number one and for the New York Jets to stick with Sam Darnold, especially after winning the last two games. Picks three through 13 don't really need a quarterback. But if you look at pick number 14, the New England Patriots. <laughs> Bill Belichick planned to tank as much as possible because he knows that he has the most job security of any coach in the NFL. Bill Belichick is an evil genius that might pull off the biggest draft steal of all time. 
<laughs> what say you? <laughs> I I really hope he's joking. If he's serious, he is out of his mind. And if if that were to happen, I would not watch the Jets the next year. I wouldn't. That would suck, wouldn't I'd it? I'd just be like, I wouldn't. I'd be like, I like Sam Darnold enough to where I would watch normally, but we had a chance for Trevor Lawrence, and we passed him up, and then they went to the Patriots. I'm not watching. Not watching. <laughs> oh. Just not. And they, the Patriots do it all the time. They got into, they end up with Wirfs as their offensive lineman, which really wasn't all that much worse than anybody else uh, offensive lineman. And they're even talking Wirfs as one of the offensive players of the year. So it's like, okay, they got an outstanding offensive lineman. We did too. I do really do like our guys that we got in the draft for the most part. I think they're, most of them are going to work out just fine. But uh, we were horrible this year, and that all f- falls back on Adam Gase. But it just it, – it, that would be the dumbest thing in the world if neither the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Jets <laughs> took Trevor Lawrence. That's so stupid. Oh, it would be. I hope he's joking. Uh, I think it was a joke. But at the same <laughs> time, you just never 100% know what is going on. I mean – I don't think Justin Fields did enough to overcome what Trevor Lawrence has been showing, you know, since people thought he was going to be the number one pick before the season started. But you never know. I don't know how these scouts uh, analyze players because I know the Philadelphia Eagles scouts uh, sure haven't been analyzing players very well as of late. So, um, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that just shows you a little bit. um, Jalen Hurts. You know, I've been reading a lot about him, how everybody thinks he did so much better than Carson Wentz, and I don't see it. And Jalen Hurts led all quarterbacks in uncatchable, inaccurate throw percentage at 28.8%. Unfortunately, Carson Wentz was number two at (laughs) 25.5%. So That's a a QB battle. That is a QB battle of the ages. (laughs) But it does just go to show you, that there's something wrong with our offense and our play calling if they are forcing the ball that much because Carson Wentz wasn't that bad the last three, four years. This year, something happened. I don't know what. And it feels like it translated right over into Jalen Hurts. So whether or not he's the solution, I know it's not Nate Sudfeld. We know that for sure. Um, What is your... What's the Eagles' draft position? Uh, fortunately, because we lost that game on purpose on Sunday Night Football, in mm-hmm. which the New York Giants were very mad at us about, um, <laughs> we lost that game. And if we would have won, we would have been at pick nine. But since we lost, okay. we ended up with pick six, only because we still had a tying record with the Bengals, who we tied with in the regular season, and they had the tiebreaker when we tied. So we didn't get number five. We got number six. So Yeah, that's unfortunate. But number six is still pretty good. Oh, yes. Now what happens what happens if Justin Fields falls to number six? Well because, Do they trust in either one of their <laughs> quarterbacks right now on the Eagles? Because of my thought process on everything, which I could go so far into detail, but I'm not going to right now. I still believe Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback next season. And I believe okay. that that is their thought process too. I think they saw enough out of Jalen Hurts to know, I don't 
think he's going to be, you know, the next uh, Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or any of those guys that they'll stick with Carson. If he had some kind of injury, hopefully he gets it worked out. They need a new play caller. Uh, I'm seriously missing Frank Reich. So I don't think there's any chance we draft Justin Fields. We need an offensive lineman who can stay on the field and not get injured before the season starts. Uh, Jason Peters was a shell of his former self, even moving all around the offensive line. It showed. Jason Kelsey was the only decent offensive lineman we had. Mylotta, still a little rusty, looked good in some games, looked bad in others. I would love for him to be a guy that, you know, like uh, Halapalavati Vitae was during the Super Bowl run. (laughs) You can stick him in there in a couple of different spots when you need him, and that's good enough to have a backup that can do that. So hopefully number six is a very boring, very safe pick that will help us as a team. (laughs) That's all I'm asking for. I honestly, I'd be okay with trading down our pick as a Jets fan. I don't want Justin Fields. I don't. I feel like we pick him. It's just going to be exactly the same thing we got with Darnold. He might be a different set of skills, but like it's not going to be the savior. It's not. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't like. Justin Fields. I never liked any of the quarterbacks in this draft except for Trevor Lawrence, and that's the obvious one. But, like, it just doesn't seem to – it doesn't seem to make sense for the Jets. I I don't feel like Darnold is as bad as people think he is just because of what Gase has just destroyed the entire team. So, yeah, you're going to destroy the quarterback position as well. But – and Darnold didn't have – he wasn't there the entire year either, so – I don't know. Anyway, we don't have to talk about the Jets or the Eagles. We can talk about fantasy football. We can. We will talk about these (laughs) quarterbacks a little bit more when we get there. Got some more news items I just want to get out there. Um, So in week 17, Josh Allen technically didn't get a start at quarterback because they started with a wildcat play in which he was lined up as a wide receiver so he doesn't have a starting quarterback streak going anymore it's dumb nobody will care in the end but i thought it was interesting that you would start the game with a weird formation in which your quarterback doesn't get an actual start at quarterback but yeah (laughs) i was just wondering like do you actually does that actually count if you're on the field and you are a quarterback he did start the game yes he started the game so we'll have a consecutive start streak just not at quarterback Ah, see, I don't know. I feel like that that would, would have an asterisk. Like, say he got close to Brett Favre with with that start. I mean, yeah, I would, would start, consider it that, but... People would start saying, no, you've got to have an asterisk <laughs> there, even though it's one of the dumbest things yes. you can possibly want a record for. You have to literally be a guy like Brett Favre and say, I'm hurt, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't do that. Well, speaking of Josh Allen and records, he passed Drew Bledsoe for the Bills franchise passing record. 4,359 uh, was what it was in 2002. Allen also set team records for completions and passing touchdowns this year. So, please. But he's he's a garbage quarterback. <laughs> he's Come just on. terrible. All he can do is run and <laughs> jump over people. He'll never be a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I hope all those people are eating their words now. And I hope he does right. it again next year so it doesn't look like a one-year wonder thing. I don't <laughs> believe that'll be, but only time will tell. 
Mm-hmm. Um, more weird statistics. Uh, the Ravens ended this last week with 404 rushing yards and 3,071 total rushing yards on the season. Now, of course, that was pretty much all they could do this year, uh, but yeah. that was number four all-time for both of those numbers uh, for a single day and for a season. So that's a lot, a lot of running. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Next year, when we get into our running back rankings, we'll get a little bit deeper into the Baltimore Ravens' success. Hmm. It's not just the running backs. Obviously, Jackson runs the ball as well. Right. But... I mean, we're talking about Lamar Jackson. We're going to probably get to him in a minute, but like it, the reason he wasn't as high on the at the end of the year stats is because he did take a step back in his passing. He sure did. We will get there in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about a little bit. Another weird, dumb little um, headline here, according to Adam Schefter. The Jets are expected to make a big trade this offseason. The question is whether they trade Sam Darnold or the number two pick to a team that intends to draft a quarterback. But Joe Douglas is going to be busy. If we trade Sam Darnold, I'm fine with taking Justin Fields or whoever. I mean, if Lawrence is there, I want him to take them either way if we have Sam Darnold or not. But if we trade him, I want something decent out of it. Like, I, I feel like you can get more out of the number two pick than you can get. You at probably Sam can right, right now. now, yeah. So, oh well, it'll be interesting <laughs> again. Like I said in the title of our show today, it is time for over analyzing, whether it be our preseason rankings or future rankings in twenty twenty one. We are going to over analyze for months. We're going to keep doing it, and it's yep. going to be fun. Yep. So, uh, Justin Jefferson. Sets a new rookie receiving record. I know a lot of people thought he was going to be good, but we didn't think he was going to maybe set records in his rookie year. And I've talked about it again. We'll talk about it when the receivers come up. It was a very up-and-down year for him. At the end, he looked like he had a really good season. But was it really good fantasy-wise? We will talk about him in our wide receivers episode. Well... Our boy, again, running backs, we'll get to him more, but I have to tell you about Derrick Henry. It's the mm-hmm. first player in NFL history with 200 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in three games within a single season. Two of those games were against the Texans, so apparently they are really bad against them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, I mean, we say it all the time. Talking about Derrick Henry, we just talk about all the other experts that were with us mm-hmm. when we were at that expo saying that he was garbage, <sighs> and we're just sitting back like, "What? Why did we first just of all, yell have, it?" Have I didn't think he was going to be this good. Right. Honestly, I really didn't. I just thought he was going to be better than what he was the previous year, which I think he was garbage. But I, I just, yeah, it's just strange <laughs> that it seems like. You especially were right on the Derrick Henry train because I was just kind of in the middle. Everybody else was saying trash. You were saying great. I was like, you'll be all right. You have to. Why do you have to be great or trash? Let's just be let's just be a regular running back. But when you look at what he can do as a regular running back, and then you just look at his size, I mean, it's no wonder he's done what he's done. The guy is massive. It really is. It'll be interesting to watch as he gets older 
how much he can still do. Will he yeah. break down before that magical 29, 30-year-old mark for running backs that it's been lately? Or, you know, will he still have a good role, you know, a la Jerome Bettis? Will he still be able to get it done? Possibly. But just maybe not have that burst uh, like he still has at the moment? I mean, I'm going to be watching him. He has been just so fun to watch the last couple of years, and hopefully he'll give us uh, a few more years of that. Um, yes. Here's another one for you. Chan Gailey as offensive coordinator for the Dolphins lost to the Bills in week 17. Yep. To miss the playoffs at 10 and 6. Chan yep. Gailey was the offensive coordinator for the Jets when they lost to the Bills in week 17 to miss the playoffs at 10 and 6. Yep. Wow. I, I mean, I did notice that. I just, <laughs> I figured. It just kind of sucks because I I think the Dolphins are better than what, not the record so much, but I just think they're better than. The overanalyzing begins right now because would they have been 10 and six better or worse with Ryan Fitzpatrick the whole year? I feel like it would have been better. Me too. There's a chance it could have been worse, but I didn't see enough out of Tua to make me feel like, wow, he's the quarterback of the future for them. He's a quarterback, and he can be for their future, and they can still be successful with him. But I didn't see enough to say, well, he's gonna, he definitely has it. Yeah. Where Fitzpatrick is just a different, it's just different with him. And I know that we have, <laughs> we have a mutual friend, and Seth, who, when he thinks somebody is overrated or <laughs> or underrated. He's all in on it. And he thinks that Fitzpatrick is overrated. And I, I never I never imagined him as being an overrated person. Like nobody thinks he's a fantastic quarterback. But he he knows how to get things done when it comes to passing the ball. He's a gunslinger. He he's good. And I don't think I don't think Tua is good yet. I think he is average. I don't think they've let Tua be Tua yet. Uh, it feels like That's they true. drafted him to be a like, transcendent quarterback, and they're like, don't make a mistake at all, whatever you do. And he's like, I I don't know how not to try and do a and, good and play. I, <laughs> I said it a, a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. This could have messed him up because yeah. they're in the playoff run. If they weren't in the playoff run – they probably treat it completely differently, 100%. and maybe we get to see what Tua can actually do, other than just seeing what Tua might be able to do when they're scared of losing a game. And that's never a way you want to coach. That's why they should have just said, we're going to go with Fitzpatrick, and if he bombs it for us, he bombs it for us, which is a possibility. I mean, he's bombed it before. Yes, it's not has. like he is a fantastic quarterback who's always consistent. But – they should have just stuck with Fitzpatrick and said, Tua, you learn the system, you watch how everything goes down, and next year it's yours, and you will have full reign from the start of the season to do you. But I don't feel like they did that, and that might have messed him up. We'll see what happens in the future with him. And, of course, we didn't get a real preseason this year to even get him some reps before they threw That's him true. in there That's after true. their bye week. It, it, it felt like a calculated move, but it's still a head-scratcher as far as I'm concerned. So... It'll be one to watch 
uh, all through the off season here because they didn't make the playoffs, and now we don't get to yep. see if Tua had something to lead a team. Like it almost would have felt like if the Dolphins made the playoffs, we would have been watching another Tim Tebow in the playoffs. Like, would he have been able to lead a team? Would his defense have been the one to kept it in it? Like, if you can get to overtime, make little, one play. I mean, it's a little <laughs> different, obviously, but it, it almost felt Tebow like could it. not. Tebow was not a good passer. No. But what he did well, he did really well. And that was enough to where they could actually win a game in the playoffs. But right. he wasn't good enough as a passer. I feel like Tua is a a better passer than Tebow. He should be. And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's tough because of the way things kind of ended up. But, yeah, it was just different, I think. Tebow is just not – we all knew it. We could see it. His mechanics weren't there where Tua – there's hope there as a passer, and I don't right. think there was really ever no. hope for Tebow as <laughs> a passer. Of course not. Of course not. Um, we got a little bit more quarterback news before we talk about the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, passer rating for the season, 121.5. It's pretty good. Good enough for second yeah. all-time behind Aaron Rodgers of 122.5 in 2011. So yeah. Aaron Rodgers back to form. We will get to him in just a minute as well. Um, we have some... Bad news out of mm, California, somewhere around the Oakland area. John <laughs> Jacobs was arrested on a DUR, a DUI charge after a single car accident at the McCarran Airport Tunnel. Uh, he was released and has a court appearance set for March 8th. So yeah. the Raiders can't stay away from drama either. As soon Isn't as this the second time being in trouble, I, it feels like there was one other thing. I, I, I don't yeah. remember what it was offhand though, but <sighs> Josh Jacobs, you didn't even have a good enough year for us to be like, Oh, please let this be a slap on the wrist so I can draft him at number three <laughs> overall next year or anything like, no, he waited one day into the off season after mm -hmm. a, semi-okay year, but not as good as you wanted to be for as high as you had to draft him. And It's true. Man, we'll get into it in the running backs episode and how we think this may affect his draft stock for next year, but mm -hmm. I can't imagine he's going to get drafted as high as he was in 2020. Um, let's see, what else do we got? Oh, Speaking of quarterbacks, Daniel Jones had as many touchdown <laughs> passes as fumbles this year, 11. <laughs> so when we get to where we had Daniel Jones uh, in our list, let's uh, let's remember what I just said. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Love, the first rookie first-round quarterback to not start a single game since Jake Locker in 2011. Isn't that it's a 10-year span, and he is the first one to not actually start a game. We we talked yep. about it a couple of years ago with Lamar and all those guys. Oh, do you think they'll all get in there? Do you think they'll ride the bench and, you know, they'll keep them just learning for a year? And we're like, yeah, they're all going to get in there probably. And, uh, well, this is the first year that not all of them got in there. Obviously, Justin Herbert got in. Tua got in. So, uh it is what it, it is. It seems to be. It seems to be the trend, which I understand it. You want to see what you have, 
But at the same time, I'm always somebody that says, man, maybe we should just wait. Let it be. I mean, Tua could have benefited a lot by just sitting back and not playing this year. Yeah. I mean, there's some benefits to him playing, but I feel like there's a lot of benefits to him not playing as well. And I think the Packers are doing what they did with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it feels we that don't way, know. It? We don't know what love is going to be. Nope. But, but the Packers are forming him to a certain level. I mean, Brett Favre was still great. He was still fantastic. When yes, they drafted, was. when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is great. He is fantastic. It's exactly the same scenario right now. Mm-hmm. It is. It feels like deja vu. Okay, yep. he came out there and still had a great season. Aaron Rodgers. Again, we'll get to him in just a minute. And the guy behind him just got to sit and learn. And yep. I, I think that's going to benefit the Packers in the wrong long run if they really truly do believe in Jordan Love as much as they believed in Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see how it plans out. Two more things before we get into our rankings. The Vikings streak of appearing in the NFC Championship game every 11 years has ended this year. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's a streak that everybody was looking at, waiting for it to come to fruition, but... I'm sorry, Vikings fans. That sounds like one of those little conspiracy TTS things that I came up with with the Jets of years, a few years back. Well, man, I yeah. love it. I think it's always fun to look at. You know, every so often, these many years into the, the, the this is what happens. Yep. That is hilarious. Well, was that it awesome. your every them. 50 years for the Super Bowl? You think it was going to reset, it, and then it yeah, would have been the Packers, was, Packers. Because the Packers had won. <laughs> And then I was expecting the Packers to then go back to the Super Bowl, and then it was going to be the Jets' turn to get to the Super Bowl, and it was just going to keep going. But, yeah, that didn't work out. Fortunately for Eagles fans, it did not work out that way. We finally got our Super Bowl. Now you can start the rotation, (laughs) although I'll be like 90-something years old the next time they win. I don't think you want to wait that long. I'd rather not, but, I mean, (laughs) hey, if I'm still alive at 90-something and the Eagles win, I'll be happy. Uh, Okay. (laughs) And then... We all kind of knew it was going to be uh, an odd season when it came to just NFL in general. But did you really think that the home field advantage was going to go basically out the window? Yes, we didn't have a bunch of fans, but NFL home teams in the 2010s decade won 56.7% of their games. That sounds about right. But in yeah. 2020, for the first time in history, NFL home teams lost more games than they won. It was 128 to 127 and the one tie. So very, very interesting. It just seemed like, well, wow. with no fans, it truly is like a coin flip. It doesn't matter where you're playing. And, yeah, um, yeah it, it really I'd like showed. To look up, I'd like to look up the the teams that did have fans and to see what their records were at home. I mean, obviously it wasn't a full stadium of fans right, for the team that did have fans. I'd like to see that stat because that, that would be interesting. The, I, I want to know if that coincides <laughs> with fans or if it's just a complete fluke that just happened this year all of a sudden out of nowhere. Well, but, one of the top comments for this news article was from a Rams fan. It says, I'm sorry, guys, we should have beaten the Jets at home. <laughs> <laughs> That would have put it. That would have put it. That would have flipped it back. So at least home team would have gotten (laughs) it. But yeah, I mean, home field advantage, it is a thing. 
whether you want to admit it or yeah. not, it is a thing. I don't think the Eagles win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles at quarterback without being the number one seed that year and having both games be home games in the playoffs before the Super Bowl. I really don't. That place was yeah. rocking, and you can feed off a lot. That adrenaline can just get pumping and get you in it's, the mood, and good things happen. It's not so much. It's not so much the fans. It's how the players perform of when there's fans. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see what happens next year. There's no guarantee that we're going to have packed stadiums yet. <laughs> we hope there is because yep. I surely, surely missed seeing and hearing real fans, not just pumped in noise. Even though there was I pumped know. in booze in yeah. Eagles games and everything, it wasn't the same as <laughs> seeing it and hearing it. <laughs> the reason it wasn't the same is because when you heard the cheers and the boos, it was always a second too late. Yeah. It was like holding <laughs> offense. <laughs> That's what's about holding offense. Well, the guy running the stuff's like, late. oh, crap, where's the boo button? Uh, oh, it's there. Oh, oh, I got it. Yeah, so it was like a um, a Twitch streamer that doesn't exactly know their setup quite well <laughs> enough. It was running the the crowd noise in the stadiums. But anyway, we are to our rankings. So we're going to go yep. over... Each one of us, uh, Network couldn't quite be with us tonight, but we're yeah. going to go over some of his rankings as well. And quarterbacks are probably the most uh, mundane of all the rankings because you know when we get to running backs, it's going to be an absolute disaster <laughs> where we ranked everybody compared <laughs> to how they finished. Luckily, <laughs> it's a disaster for everyone yes, who did exactly, rankings. Exactly. because. That entire first like ten, it there's a few that you can put in there, but everybody else is like, oh no. Anyway, I think out of all the people in the industry, I don't know how many of them had the number one overall quarterback closest ranked than we did with Josh Allen. You mm. one spot ahead of me. You had him at number three. I had him at number yep. four by the end of preseason, whatever preseason meant. And he ends up as the number one overall quarterback in just straight PPR type leagues. I'm I'm almost willing to bet nobody put him at number one. That includes us. That I mean, includes there's us. no way we would have. I would not have done that over Patrick Mahomes. I didn't even do it over Lamar Jackson. Which is strange when I think back of where I was then and where I am now. I don't remember feeling that high on Lamar Jackson, but apparently I was. But <laughs> I would have never put him over Mahomes because I didn't see what he did this year. Right. I saw a different Josh Allen and then pushing through that and going in a little bit different direction. But... I don't know how many. I, I honestly may have been the highest person on Josh Allen this year. It's very, very every, possible. Every expert puts their rankings out. I don't know if anyone else has put him at three. And so it, it makes me feel pretty proud of myself. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't like being proud. I, that's not always an attribute you want to be. But I was dead right. Dead were, right. And I convinced you enough to put him at four. So come I on. Mean, I mean, we I had him on. at five to start with. 
And after all you talk, and I'm a bigger Josh Allen fanboy than you are because you you, are. you don't want him to be successful as a Jets fan. That's true. But yep. you knew what you saw in him, and I've been following Josh Allen since Buffalo Bills quarterbacks 2018. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just one of those things that I felt like I was ranking him too high based on the fact that I really liked him and want him to do well. But you and yeah. I, we saw some of the same things when it came to Josh Allen, we're like, maybe they aren't super successful as a team. Maybe he's not super successful winning football games, but we thought he was going to be super successful in fantasy, and it just translated to both this year. He showed the entire yeah. league that he can do it. He can get it done. Comebacks, blowouts, uh, running the ball, passing the ball. I mean... We'll get into Stefan Diggs when we do our wide receivers episode, but holy crap yeah. did Stefan Diggs help make Josh Allen a superstar quarterback this year. I, again, we'll get into it in the wide receiver episodes, but I am super happy with what Stefan Diggs did uh, 2020. Um, yeah, um, and, and on top of that, I mean, I mean, obviously we're not getting into wide receivers right now, but Diggs on the Vikings would have never been that good. But then you look at what they have with Jefferson, and it's like, well, maybe they both did the right thing. Maybe trading Diggs away was good for the Vikings and good for the Bills. Like, it it just, it almost seems like most most of the time you don't get this was an even trade. But this one actually was an even trade. I didn't think it was to start. I thought, that's stupid. You're you're never going to get a guy like Diggs to be that good immediately for the Vikings. And the Vikings were, at the time, a contender to win the division. They were. They were. And and they did. Doing that, I said, you're stupid. You just <laughs> lost a really good wide receiver. And it made sense to say that. But now you're looking back at it, hey, they both did the right thing. They're, they're both happy with the outcome as of right now. If Diggs continues to do what he does, yeah. the Bills – do win that trade right now because they are in the playoffs and oh, the Vikings yeah. are not. Yeah. But Justin Jefferson, he could be the next big thing. He could be a top five wide receiver for many, many years to come if he keeps doing what he did this year. Again, wide receiver episode. We'll I, go more into it in a couple of weeks. I honestly don't, and I'm just going to, last thing I'll say is I honestly don't think the Vikings make the playoffs with Diggs. I don't. No, probably so, not. It, it's very well to me that it was even trade. I'll call it even. And uh, the number two overall quarterback, he had his ups and downs. He had a great start to the season. He kind of fell down the list and then picked it back up again. You and I both had right behind Josh Allen at the very end of the rankings. (laughs) It was number four for you and number five for me, but Kyler Murray, he ended up number two overall. So we were semi-right about him. But we also weren't yeah. drafting yeah. him where he was being taken because he was so hyped before the season started that he was going in, like, fourth, fifth round. And like, we're not taking quarterbacks in the fourth and fifth round. We took Josh right. Allen in the ninth round. Uh, one of us took Aaron Rodgers in the <laughs> 11th round in a big money draft. That yeah. helped me because nobody else took him. And... Yeah. He wasn't even my first quarterback taken. So, before we get to Aaron Rodgers, we'll talk about Kyler Murray. 
he had DeAndre Hopkins. If you have DeAndre Hopkins and you're a competent quarterback, you're going to have a good season. We knew this. Yeah. We didn't know how yeah. well DeAndre Hopkins was going to do on a new team, but he was a dominant wide receiver for most every single week of the year. So yeah. you shouldn't have been concerned about DeAndre Hopkins, which should then leave you to not be too concerned about Kyler Murray. And if you took him in the fourth, fifth round, you got your money's worth. Was it worth it to do it, to just get the number two overall quarterback? I, uh, we could argue a lot about that because the number yeah. eight quarterback was only 40 total points behind Kyler Murray at the end of the year on this regular PPR uh, final standing. So I don't know if 40 points is worth spending a pick seven rounds before you need to to get one of these quarterbacks that ended up in the top <laughs> ten that you might not have even drafted. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to Josh Allen, it's like not a lot of people weren't high on him. So I know we were most likely, you know, the anomalies there. Sure. Most people aren't going to be all over him. But when it comes to Kyler Moore, you're not – most people are thinking – I'm not going to pick up Josh Allen. He's going to be my replacement for Kyler Murray. So I understand why somebody might want to draft Kyler Murray thinking he's going to be sure. a stud in the fourth, fifth round, whatever it might be. But I, I, I you just, I, you have to find somebody. I, I usually don't draft quarterbacks early because there's always somebody that sneaks through the cracks, regardless of if you're super high on somebody like I was with Josh Allen that nobody else really was that high on, or if uh, somebody like Aaron Rodgers falls through the cracks. You're gonna, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers in the seventh round or Kyler Murray in the fourth? I honestly would rather do the Aaron Rodgers thing. I'll take my chances there. Or somebody... Uh, well, yeah, I guess we'll get to it, but like it yeah. just seems, it just seems kind of a stretch with the Kyler Murray thing to draft him that high, right? Just, I mean, we we ranked him high for a reason. We just didn't want to That's have true. to take him if if there would have been nobody left in the fourth and fifth round, like absolutely nobody that we wanted. I would have considered it, and. That's not something I do too often, and it no. would take a lot of, like, how did everybody take everybody that I wanted after four right. rounds and be like, well, I guess I'll go with my... Nothing, yeah, nothing's ever out of the question unless you really, really hate the player right. and you just can't stand them and whatever, and you just don't want to take them regardless of what the talent is. I can understand that type of bias, but nothing's ever the, out of the question, in my opinion. You, at some point... I will probably take a quarterback way too early and be like, you know what? I'm true. I'm doing it. I don't care. Yeah. But most of the time I'm just sitting back and waiting for that one to trickle down to that perfect spot. And then I'm saying, you know what? He's going to get me just as much or maybe a little more, or maybe just a smidge less than the guy that was taken yeah. in the third or fourth round. And that is absolutely fine. That is sometimes how you can build a championship because it's not all yeah. about getting the flashy guy. I mean, we'll get to him in a bit, but the number 11 overall quarterback at the end of the year was Kirk Cousins, and nobody was mm -hmm. taking him any higher than probably the 11th or 12th round. So you could definitely get somebody that just isn't flashy but still gets you the points you need. That's uh, true. So we talked about Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. <sighs> 
those guys were a little far down on network's list. I'm not trying to bash <laughs> network because he had some guys a little bit higher that if they wouldn't have got injured, probably would have been way, way higher and been we would have been way wrong on a couple of these guys. That's true. Um, true. So we'll get to the number three quarterback, which is Aaron Rodgers. And yep. again, he was going super late this year. It It was weird. I don't know that I have ever had Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback in fantasy football because of what we just got done talking about. He was always a third, fourth, fifth round pick at worst because he was always an MVP type quarterback until last year. And like, oh, they drafted a quarterback. Oh, he's washed up. His receivers are terrible. And you and I both looked at each other like, you know what? I think we've got a good feeling about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams this year. So we went with them as our first two picks in a uh, super flex league that was full of podcast uh, shows. And it worked out for the most part, but yeah. we put a lot of faith into them. But we into might that not combo. Have, into that so combo, yes. I, I had Aaron Rodgers at 11 on my rankings because I honestly, I was thinking what everybody else was thinking. It's like, oh, I don't know how much to trust in him. Has he lost it? But then at the same time, oh, I had him at 10. I'm sorry. Um, at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking, if this puts a fire under his butt, you get something really special here. So that's why we that's why we went with Rodgers and Adams. That combo was fantastic. I mean, yeah. it couldn't get much better with that combo. No. Any combo. And I had him at nine. I lowered him one spot before the season began. And that's only because I moved Carson Wentz up a couple of spots, which dropped Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers down one spot each. And I took Matt Ryan as my first quarterback in the big money league in like Mm -hmm. the seventh round because I had drafted Julio Jones in the second. I was like, well, we're trying to score as many points as humanly possible. So I'm going for a hookup that I hope gets back to its normal uh, phase. It didn't work out that way. But then it got to the 11th round and he was still sitting there. And in the 11th round, there's nobody that I'm like, Oh, thank God. He's still there. Like, you know, if Aaron Rodgers gets back to his old form, I could have something here. So I took the chance and it paid off beautifully. We ended up winning money in the big money league. So we're all good there. But I still had Aaron Rodgers ranked as the number nine overall quarterback, which was higher than both you and Network. <laughs> I was like, That's "Am true. I ranking him too high? Is he really going to be falling off a cliff that hard?" And then I wish I would have put him higher because I di- I did have that feeling that he was going to get back to his old self. And by the time we did these drafts, we put the stock in him. We, we did put stock in him during the draft season. It was just really. We it was just the the doubt that little bit of doubt yeah. makes you hesitate into saying he's going to be better than the guys that we've seen perform. Like we knew Mahomes was going to have a good year. We figured Jackson wasn't going to fall as far off that he did. Um, and then Josh Allen, we we're both high on, and just guys that we've seen be productive in fantasy football. Will he be worse? Or will he be better than all of them, or will he just be outside of that? Because the first nine guys outside of Josh Allen have all had really fantastic fantasy seasons. 
Right. So it's really hard to say that Aaron Rodgers, with the with the news <laughs> that we've had throughout the entire offseason, was going to be the number three guy on the season. Like, it would have not surprised me if he were, you know, top five, top six by the end. I was like, okay, I'm only off by a couple. Or well, And I was- remember saying, I remember saying during our rankings episodes that I, I, I almost, we could have go back, but that's too much work to go back and find it. But I think I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the number one guy at the end yeah. of the season. I yeah, would I not be surprised, but I was scared of it. Yeah. So that's why I had him at 10. Yep. All right. Well, that means there's a couple of guys we still haven't talked about that everybody had ranked number one and number two. And we're yeah. now finally to number four, and we have Patrick Mahomes. And yep. he he just did his thing all year long. It's not like he was that far behind number one. He was only 26 points behind Josh Allen, according to this list. Yep. He just didn't have that insane season like he did the year before. And it always happens that way. Yes, Patrick yep. Mahomes is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but people start to figure him out just a little bit, enough to slow him down. He's not having to pass a ton. Their their offense was scoring. It just it just wasn't as amazing as everybody wanted it to be. And if you took Patrick Mahomes in the second round, like you probably had to in order to get him, because he wouldn't fall to you in the third, you almost got what you wanted. But was it you, really worth it? It wasn't worth it. I'll say I'll say that right now. It wasn't worth it. Even though you got a decent amount of points out of him, you knew you were going to get that points. Right. But what you were hoping for <laughs> was a lot bigger than that, and that's why it wasn't worth yeah. the pick because you could have taken any of the other guys really and gotten something similar with a lot later of a pick. If you're taking a quarterback in the second round, you are planning on having a 50-point advantage over the next best quarterback that somebody takes because you're going to be missing 20, 30, 40 points at the running back or wide receiver position because you didn't take one of those in the second round. So you're hoping that overtakes it, and it probably didn't this year. And that's why I could understand, even though I would still have disagreed with it, I could have understood somebody taking Lamar Jackson that early because the chances of that was was pretty high, but he fell off a cliff when it comes to the passing. And we can get to that when we get to Lamar Jackson. But, like, if if he wouldn't have done that, there's a a good chance he could have possibly scored 50 more points than all all the other guys because of the way he runs the ball and the way that he was throwing the ball last year. But obviously things change, and it never seems to repeat. That's what what we say all the time. It doesn't repeat from last year. That's why you have to be a little bit aware of that fall off from the guy that went berserk. And I'm going to be aware of that with Josh Allen next year. Trust me, but that doesn't mean I'm going to drop him down on my list too far. Nope. I'm just going to be looking at a different situation, or maybe a different quarterback that I might be able to get later. I still think Josh Allen could be a top five quarterback. It's just, will he continue to do what he's doing? I think 
it's a better chance that he does because we are seeing that his game is more of a passing game than a running game. Yes. With Lamar Jackson, it was at least a 50-50 thing. Yeah. You knew you were going to get the, the running stuff out of him, and the passing stuff was just a bonus. And now that the passing's not so much there, the running thing doesn't really give you what you wanted. Yep. And we have to reiterate that obviously we ranked – Mahomes and Lamar Jackson is number one and two, all of us in some order. And that's just, this is who, if all the quarterbacks were still there when we were comfortable taking a quarterback, this is the list. This is the order that we would have taken. I I wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes any earlier than the, probably the fourth or fifth round. Like if you were still sitting there in the fourth round, I'd seriously consider it, but I, I I wouldn't want to take a quarterback that early still, but, that being said, Network and I were just in between the next guy on the list while Tom had him a few spots lower. Talking about <laughs> Deshaun Watson, who had a very weird year. He didn't yeah. have DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't have a consistent running game. He didn't even... There was injuries all over the place for wide receivers. He, he ended up with... Brandon Cooks, Kiki QT, and some (laughs) other unknown guys. He didn't even have the same tight end all year, but he still managed to finish fifth overall, and the Texans lost a lot of games. And that doesn't seem right. He ended up being the league's leading passer with 4,823 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. That's what got to me about Deshaun Watson this year is he only threw seven interceptions when they were not a good team and they had to pass the ball a lot. And I am going to take that into account next year. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he's he's proving that he is actually a pretty decent quarterback. It wasn't just the fact that they had Hopkins. It, he is good enough to where you can trust him in fantasy football, regardless of what they have at the wide receiver position. Because I don't really like any of their wide receivers. I just well, don't. We liked that's, Will that's Fuller my... until he got busted for PEDs. So. Well, I, I liked Will Fuller until, because see, that's the problem with Will <laughs> Fuller. I always thought there's a chance he's going to get hurt every single play, right. and then he's going to be back and forth all year. He never really got that injury this year, and then he got busted. <laughs> but. Which is, you know, another reason that you don't want to have somebody on your Mm -hmm. fantasy team. But like I said earlier, Deshaun Watson, you knew that there was a chance that he could be better than Aaron Rodgers. Not he wasn't, but every one of them guys in the top nine, you could have saw be better than Aaron Rodgers. And that's why it was hard for us to, to place Aaron Rodgers anywhere within that top five spot right so it, it becomes it becomes more difficult well before the season starts when you got them question marks yep um and then we'll have to talk about them in a little bit but this is where people started ranking Dak Prescott network had yeah. him at number five which if Dak Prescott would have been what he started off the season as he would have been the number one overall quarterback in the league. Not saying the Cowboys would have won too many more games because their defense was horrendous, but oh, Dak yeah. Prescott yeah. would have been absolutely insane because uh, the list I'm looking at right now, Josh Allen overall 25.4 fantasy points per game in this format where Dak Prescott, I'm going all the way down, he's number 33 on this list, but he averaged 27.9 points per game 
in the five games that he played, which was just an insane. Uh, yeah. It, you just you can't expect that to be the entire season, though. Like at, no. at some point, he's going to have an off game, and it's going to affect his average. I mean, if you just look, if you just take the first four or five games, well, how many he played, and you do that on average through it for every other quarterback, just them games, is he number one? That's that, my question. That is a good question. But the only reason I brought him up is because we just got done talking about Deshaun Watson. And we all yeah. remember a couple short years ago where he got hurt after like six games and he was just gangbusters out. He was oh, yeah. by far and away blowing quarterbacks out of the water with uh, his average per game. And we all see what happened to him. He came back to reality. Yeah still a good quarterback but you can't expect these guys to keep doing that on a weekly basis and there's no reason to draft these guys as high as they're going because you think they're going to repeat this week after week after week you're just not going to get it even guys that finished as a number one quarterback like Kirk Cousins number 11 overall yeah you can draft him really late but he threw up a couple of stinkers. He actually had a negative oh, yeah. point game this year, mm-hmm. and that could ruin <laughs> your whole season. If you lost by a couple of points, and it was because your quarterback gave you negative points, one win and one loss can make or break an entire fantasy season. So it's it's still more about getting the consistency out of your quarterbacks, not getting those flashy plays and, oh, well, the first five weeks were great. Or, like in Kyler Murray's case, his first, like, seven weeks were amazing, and then he kind of fell off for a little bit. Did you lose games in that span? Did you save your season where you could get the good games out of him again when the fantasy playoffs started? Or did you miss out because your quarterback just kind of fell down a hole? Yeah. (laughs) You said it all. All right. Um, So the next one on the list is Russell Wilson. And we yeah. all saw Russell Wilson just completely go berserk in the first mm-hmm. few games of the season. And DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were huge benefactors of this. And I had Russell Wilson ranked all the way at number three. And for a while there, he was number one. I was like, oh, man, I, I didn't see that coming. Again, he finished at number six, which he was only uh, 16 points off of number three in this list. So he's yeah. not too far out of there. You had him at number six. Bang. I did. Right on point. Right on the money. Whee! Network <laughs> finished with him at uh, number five. Um, That's so pretty close. we were all pretty high on Russell Wilson. But again, this Rightly so. just like well, just like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson was getting a lot of negative coverage before the season began, and he fell True. down a lot of draft boards. There was a couple of times where, like nobody's taking he Russell was Wilson yet. He was real late, and yep. I don't understand it because all three of us were like, Russell Wilson's still good, right? I know. Why yep. are people bashing Russell Wilson? He's going to be fine. Again, you might have had that inconsistency in the middle of the year, in the end of the That's year, true. where you're like, oh, crap. But I can't not play him because he is yep. capable of it. Yep. Um, let's see. After that, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Now, we have this guy in multiple places because <laughs> there are yeah. leagues where we have uh, you know, dynasty players and we were able to roll this guy over from year to year because we took him 
last year, year before, what was it? I, it feels like so yeah. long ago now yeah. where Ryan Tannehill came in as the Tennessee Titans quarterback and kind of took the world by storm because a lot of people thought he was washed up coming from Adam Gase in Miami, <laughs> and he has now proved everybody please, wrong. Please, <laughs> Sam Darnold, please. Guess please, what? Please, just do a Tannehill. Do a <laughs> Ryan Tannehill had, well, a 1,000 less passing yards than Deshaun Watson, but yep. Ryan Tannehill also had Derrick Henry behind him. But That's true. Ryan Tannehill had the same amount of touchdowns and interceptions as Deshaun Watson, and that's why he was still able to be as high as he was. And even though Derrick Henry was a massive, awesome fantasy running back and just overall NFL running back this year, because of what Derrick Henry can offer you, there were many, many times, much to my chagrin, that Ryan Tannehill faked the handoff to Derrick Henry at the goal line and just waltzed into the end zone. Seven rushing touchdowns out of Ryan Tannehill this year, and that's what put him as close to Deshaun Watson, even though he had a 1,000 less passing yards. Six of those rushing touchdowns were, you know, within reach. The one, though, I think it was against the Packers. Yes, that, that was, was a that little was a different. One. That's a little different. <laughs> but, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think Derrick Henry is fantastic. If if he's not the best running back in the league, I don't know what what's the best running back then. I mean, he is just – he is built for power, 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 and he's got it. So when you got somebody like that, it, it becomes easier to throw the ball. It but does. He, he is really good at doing that. The amount of touchdowns that he has had – this year and the fact that his passer rating is so high means that you're not a bad quarterback. You're a good quarterback. I'm not saying you're fantastic, but you're good. And that means he wasn't bad when we saw him with Adam Gase. Right. That means right. I'm putting two and two together. Yep, here we go. Sam Darnold Sam Darnold will not be bad if we get a new head coach. Give it a couple of years. Right. So that he can learn the system a little bit, because I know it's going to be a new system, all that. But anyway, I get my Jets, uh, Sam Darnold, hoping that we don't draft Justin Fields with our second pick. Well, since we're talking about him, we will apologize. Both you and I, I know you're going to apologize too, because you had him ranked higher yep. than I did. We both yeah, thought he would be a good super flex quarterback this year. If you got to get a second quarterback and you want to wait a long time, we both thought Sam Darnold would be fine. You had him all the way at number 12. I did. That's a bit of a stretch. I had him at 16. Here's the thing. Last year (laughs) really wasn't that bad when he was on the field. It wasn't. It wasn't. But so I was assuming you're upgrading your offensive line a lot. We both had the same thoughts. And you're upgrading your wide receivers pretty much a lot. I mean, you lost, you know, um, Robbie Anderson, so you lose a little bit there. Yeah. But you upgraded the rest of the position, and it was, that was pretty good. So I figured, okay, you got Le'Veon Bell there. Everything should be okay. He's going to be a good quarterback. It all added up in my head, but Adam Gase said, no, nope, and he threw an axe at it and knocked it completely down and yes. cut it in half. So, yeah. But – I had to put it in there because Network didn't even have it as high as I did. <laughs> Sam Darnold was all the way down to number 22 on Network's list. He's like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah. I don't buy it. I mean, Sam Darnold ended up as the number 30 overall quarterback. 
but he did miss games. So if he were the starter yeah. all year long, it would have been a little higher than that. Not but it still lot. wouldn't have gotten to anywhere where you and I had him. So again, we apologize for Sam Darnold. Hopefully you all just were like, yeah, well, they're, it, they're Jets fans, and he's a Jets apologist because he has to work with a Jets fan, and, you know, he just, <laughs> but, you know. Here's the thing. <laughs> Last thing about this. When when you're passing, when, you, when you're so predictable on offense, you know when it's a passing play. Yeah. How you, how are you going to be successful? There's no it's way. Hard. I could literally watch the games and be like, well, they're going to have to pass here. Well, they're not going to pass here because it's third and two. Yeah, every time it was a run, so why even think that he's going to have success as a quarterback when you're that predictable as a head coach in your offensive calling? Continue. But back to Ryan Tannehill for just a second. <laughs> uh, Network had him higher than all of us uh, at 16. You had him at 18. I had him at yeah. 20, and I had raised him to 20. And that was in my uh, defense, that was because I thought Derrick Henry was going to have a monster season and that was going to put uh, Ryan Tannehill down further. Not saying anything bad against Ryan Tannehill, but both things happened. Ryan Tannehill had a great fantasy season and Derrick Henry had a great fantasy season. So we didn't think that the Titans were going to be one of the top scoring teams in the league. We thought they were going to do it on the ground. Their defense was going to do it. And Ryan Tannehill was the perfect quarterback to lead that team to victories and get them to the playoffs. We just didn't yep. know it was going to translate into fantasy football as well as it did this year. But there's there's your perfect scenario. You could have taken Ryan Tannehill if you went by our so rankings I, and probably yeah. many other people's rankings. You could have taken him in the 14th round as your number two quarterback, and then when he started playing really well, like, okay, I guess I'll just keep playing him because did, guess what? Matt Ryan sucked. <laughs> where did he end up? What, what number seven overall, that? number seven, number seven. So obviously you would have not have taken him as your number one quarterback. No. That, that would have been almost asinine at that point. Yeah. But, but it, let's say you did, I mean, you just got, you got all your other position uh, stuff filled and you take your number one quarterback with Ryan Tannehill who ended up in the top 10 it would have worked out perfectly. And after that, there's probably still some other guys you could have oh, taken. Sure. But it got pretty thin. It got pretty thin. Unless you went crazy and took one of the rookies that went nuts. Yeah, so. very true. And we'll get to them in just a second. But first, we have to get to the ageless wonder, who both you and Network had right around number 10. Uh, you dropped him to 13, which is where I had him, right before the season started. There was a lot of iffy uh, feelings about... Tom Brady, but he still ended up yeah. number eight overall. But it wasn't a consistent run throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, but he still ended up doing it, and he had some good games when it mattered when the fantasy playoffs started. So if you stuck That's with true. Tom Brady and you got to the playoffs, you got your reward because people weren't taking him like they used to take Tom Brady. They were taking him yep. as a fringe number one quarterback or a second quarterback because there was a lot of like, is it Tom Brady? Is it Bill Belichick? We're going to be talking about this for ages still because the Patriots didn't make the playoffs, but the Bucks did. So, <laughs> uh, but we can talk about that later. But Tom Brady did sneak into the top 10. And for the most part, he, he was fine. He threw 40 touchdowns this year. That's yeah, that's a great number of touchdowns because only like three or four people. Uh, let's see, Josh Allen only threw thirty-seven. Aaron Rodgers threw forty-eight. 
Russell Wilson threw 40. Tom Brady threw 40. So yep. that was it. I mean, yes, obviously Josh Allen and other guys combined for over 40 with their rushing touchdowns and whatnot, but just for throwing touchdowns, Tom Brady still did it. Yeah, he threw 12 interceptions, but that's still not terrible, especially if you're only getting a negative point or two for interceptions. You're like, whatever, I'll take the extra touchdowns if you're still getting interceptions. And the thing is, is we all kind of saw Tom Brady and we were like, you know what? It seems like he's kind of fallen back a little bit. We say and that for, him for to come out, like five years straight. <laughs> it's it's true, but like you could see, you could see that he was he wasn't able to throw that ball and chuck it. He, now, I've seen some good chucks by him. He's yeah. been throwing the ball up there a few times, and it's been working. So maybe he's just maybe he just really wants to win on a new team and prove prove to everybody. Hey. So he's trying a little harder, putting a little extra into that ball, a little extra. But, <laughs> He has he has better weapons this year. I'm not going to say he doesn't. There's no doubt of that. But at the end of the day, if you're going to do that debate of Tom Brady or Belichick, just the one thing that I will look at is the record of Belichick without Tom Brady, and then the record of Belichick with just Tom Brady. It's completely, completely one sided. It is. It is, and. We'll get into it more when we get to wide receivers because obviously, you know, Mike Evans got hurt in the last game, but he still went over the thousand yard mark, still had a good amount of touchdowns. Chris Godwin was still fine. You may have overdrafted those guys for the production at the end of the year, but now we're going to have another off season where we get to talk about Mr. Big Chest, (laughs) Antonio Brown, Scoring touchdowns with Tom Brady. Now we get to see what it's like with Tom Brady in the playoffs in a different situation, but with guys that, I mean, he literally, if Mike Evans is able to play in the playoffs, Tom Brady literally has three guys that could be a number one wide receiver on a lot of teams. And Gronkowski. And Rob Gronkowski, who... He's probably been just saving it up for the playoffs. He was okay. You have to imagine. You have to, but you can't deny it. Tom Brady still fantasy relevant at age 92. Um, And then we can go to the opposite end of the spectrum. The number nine quarterback on this list may not have gotten into a starting quarterback role had it not been for an inept doctor who punctured Terod Taylor's lung with a oh, needle, which led to Justin Herbert having one of, well, I, I it is the best rookie season, at least <laughs> scoring-wise, touchdowns-wise, points-wise, out of any rookie quarterback ever. He, he yeah. broke Baker Mayfield's records, and he ended up number nine overall. And nobody drafted him unless you were in a super flex league or a dynasty league. He was on your waiver wire until he started a game, and he looked yep. good almost every single game. Yeah, it, it seems like he's got the right weapons around him too. And I'm afraid <laughs> that if he if he loses Keenan Allen, a couple of them weapons, that maybe it gets a little bit worse because Keenan's a, a fantastic receiver. And when you throw to him a lot, like he did, sure. He's going to catch him. He's a possession guy. He catches a lot of balls. Now, I think their game plan was perfect. The only problem is their team wasn't great. 
<laughs> so right. they didn't get the wins to back it up. I think he'll still be um, top 10 type of uh, fantasy f- quarterback. But I, I want to temper my expectations with yes. Herbert a little bit. 100%. But we'll see what happens going forward because he he's definitely has the possibility of still being a, a good, maybe maybe an elite quarterback. But to be elite, you have to win more than how many games they won. I don't yeah. even know. But um, And the thing with Herbert here is, is we're going to have to try and figure out, and we'll extrapolate the data at some point, but is Justin Herbert's fantasy success going to continue next year if he has a better team around him? He didn't have Austin Eckler for quite a few weeks. Because of that, were they basically just throwing the ball and he was getting better numbers? Uh, here's, here's the comparison I'm going to make. Okay. And I don't know how it's going to pan out. I'm just going to say it. The Dolphins were in it to win with right. Tua, and I think it messed them up. The, the Chargers did exactly what they were supposed to do with Herbert. But unfortunately, they probably weren't going to do that. Because they did have a different quarterback to start the season. But when they put him out there, they said, we don't care what your record is, just play and be you. And we saw that. That's exactly what we got out of him. So now now they can take this entire season of him just playing his game, and they can make a different game plan, tweak it a, a little bit, so that maybe they can have some success on the field and not just you know win three, four games, whatever it is they won. So I think there's going to be a difference there to where he's not doing exactly what he's was doing this year. So it could take a little bit off of his fantasy production, but, and I expect them to be a better football team next year because of how they handled the quarterback situation. Now that all sounds great. And if that is what the chargers are going for, perfect. But you, you, everything you said makes sense, but then in the end, they fired their head coach. So if that's what they were yeah. going for and they fired their head coach, you're like, okay, we got a rookie in there. We'll give him a season and keep the head coach so we can see if that is the good combo. Obviously, they thought something was wrong and they should have been winning games anyway, even with a rookie quarterback. But they didn't, but they were okay with, like, it, it seems like there's a lot of contradicting theories Yeah, when your head coach gets fired. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, but I, this, I, if we don't know the whole reasons of of why they fired him either. I mean, obviously, record does come into play, but it could have been the fact that they weren't willing to start Justin Herbert to start. Right. And maybe that just set them off, and they said, you know what, at the end of the season, unless you are doing fantastic, you're going to be gone. Yeah. So it could have been an 8-8 eight and eight season. They would have said, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction. But, you know, it doesn't really all add up, and I completely I agree with you there. But I still think that they let him go. We They see what they got out of him. It doesn't matter who the head coach is. But now – the people that are still there are going to be able to tweak that offense to where it can be successful. That's probably why they're getting a new head coach because throughout the whole season, the head coach was not tweaking the offense around what he saw on the field. That, to me, makes the most sense. And now here's my very, very, very early 
<laughs> season <laughs> prediction right here. Because after talking about it and just things coming into my head real quick, we have a situation where the Chargers need a new head coach. They have a great rookie quarterback going into his second year. Austin Eckler is only 25 years old. Keenan Allen is still an elite wide receiver as a possession guy. Mike Williams is still a threat. Hunter Henry is still a good tight end. This is a team, if Derwin James can come back on defense and stop getting hurt, they got uh, many other defensive pieces that are young and talented. This is a team where a head coach should be like, hmm, I like what I see there. Now, there is one head coach out there that is being touted over all others. And Adam that, Gase? <laughs> no. Imagine if he went to the Chargers. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Goodness. That would be okay. insane. <laughs> there is one head coach out there that is being touted over all others, and that is yeah. Eric Bieniemy from the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Eric Bieniemy used to play for the Chargers as a running back. We just interviewed him on the Jets, so hold your horses. Everybody's right. going to interview him, but if he has any, like, uh, hometown empathy or, like, oh, man, I really like for the Chargers. Like, if he enjoyed his stay as a San Diego Charger, yes, he was a San Diego Charger, not an L.A. Charger. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. he enjoyed his stay as a San Diego Charger and he likes what he sees and... He wants to kind of prove that he can be an amazing head coach and stay in the NFC West and try to knock off the Chiefs. It is a perfect scenario for Eric Bieniemy to go there, and I think those guys would thrive in that situation. Now, uh, here's my question. Do you think that Herbert is more of a gunslinger or a conservative-type passer? He is more of a gunslinger. That's where I have a problem. Because, and I'm not trying to just tout him for the Jets because yeah, I, I obviously I don't know who the best. I'm not even going to consider <laughs> who the coach is supposed to be for the Jets right uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. But it would, to me, it make more sense to do it for Darnold than for Herbert. Darnold, not a gunslinger. He is more conservative, like we're going to get some guys here, a five-yard pass, a 10-yard pass. Nothing really down the field super amazingly far and, you know, slinging the ball wherever he wants. But we got to look at what he did with Alex Smith. Alex Smith is not a gunslinger. He never really was. He's a, probably a little more of a gunslinger than Darnold is at the moment. Let me stop you right there So I have to ask a question. Okay. Are you talking about Eric Bieniemy in the case of Alex Smith? Because he was not the offensive coordinator when Alex Smith was there. That was Frank Reich. I swear I saw it. No. Or not Frank Reich. Um, uh, Doug Peterson. Sorry. Doug Peterson mm. was there with Alex Smith. Eric Bieniemy's only on, been the on. offensive coordinator for the last couple of years, I believe, because he's worked his way up as, like, running backs coach and just kept getting higher and higher. But I am pretty sure that... Eric Bieniemy was not the OC and worried about quarterbacks when Alex Smith was there. Hold on now. You, we can move on, but I'm going to yes. look something up. That's all right. We'll talk about the number 10 overall quarterback, which I know Network is uh, 
listening and watching right now. The number 10 overall fantasy quarterback was Network's number one overall quarterback. Now, again, he was our number two, so I'm, I'm just messing with him a little bit. But Lamar Jackson, he did have a very, very, um, a very rocky fall as far yeah. as passing numbers went. You've been alluding to it. You're looking at his numbers. Yes, he's still a top 10 quarterback, but we expected him to be at least a top five. If you're ranking him at number one or two, you're not thinking he's going to fall that far. But he only had 2,700 yards passing this year, and he only threw nine interceptions compared to 26 touchdowns. So that's a good ratio for a guy like him. And he had 1,000 yards rushing. So that's why he still ended up in the top 10. But if he would have passed for 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns, he would have easily been a top five quarterback, but he didn't. And he didn't have a lot of help on the offensive side of the ball. Marquise Brown is still an electric type player, but he's not a number one guy. He's not a Keenan Allen where Justin Herbert can just rely on somebody to catch the ball. Willie Sneed, as much as I love Willie Sneed, and <laughs> thank you for the host network. I appreciate oh, that. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to have to change that, uh, the gift that pops up on Twitch because uh, ain't none of those guys that happy in Philadelphia and dancing. So, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, Lamar Jackson, it, it wasn't terrible. I mean, the Ravens still were a good team this year and, but they didn't feel like the same team as they were last year. That's, I guess, my point is something changed. Obviously, Mark Andrews wasn't as good of a tight end as he was the previous year. He still ended up, like, top five, I think, maybe even top three by the end of the year. But it wasn't the same feeling on offense. And it's like they figured out Lamar Jackson as a passer again, and they just they had to go to the run. I don't know what your thoughts on Lamar is, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the problem is, is with Lamar, you just, you you didn't figure to have him fall so far. But at the same time, we kind of knew that it wasn't going to be as great as it was last year. Right. Basically everything you said. But here's the thing. His passing is just so far gone that it's it's not, it does, the stats don't particularly say it but if you look at his um his passer rating 113.3 last year that's fantastic oh yeah this year it's fallen not a lot 99.3 but the interceptions gone up this year the touchdowns are 10 less touchdowns than he's had this year that's already a big difference um in in your fantasy points um just his longest touchdown pass last year was 83 yards and this year was 47 just things just didn't click his yardage was uh, about 400 yards less so it's just he wasn't there and you have to expect and and he got 36 touchdowns last year with 401 attempts this year 26 with not that many less attempts with 376 so he just wasn't there just wasn't there. Um, and, but, and one more thing. When you have less attempts and your quarterback rating goes down, it's not good. No. It's not good. It should go up when you have less attempts. Yep. If you're completing, 
uh, passes at the same percentage and throwing for touchdowns on a normal pace, yeah, you should have a better quarterback rating. But didn't happen for Lamar Jackson this year. Now the question will be. Now, hold on. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> I, I'm going back to the Alex Smith thing. Okay. And I don't. I, this is what I Googled. I said 2013 because that's when um, I believe he was on the, the team, correct? He should have been, yeah. Two, 2013, it says the enemy was – oh, no, he, he was the running backs coach. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> but he he was really good with them <laughs> under that time yeah, period. He sure was. That's – I was a little off there, but either way, he's the, he's an offensive coordinator now for a team that is fantastic on offense. So, I guess, I guess it's whatever. <laughs> it's a little different though. I don't feel like Herbert is Mahomes. Mahomes makes anything happen. Herbert's just not there. He's not. No, but we'll see. It makes sense. It makes sense to a degree, but at the same time. I want somebody that the Jets I know can you want. Do with, you want so. somebody that's highly touted, and we all know Adam Gase wasn't exactly highly touted. No, but not at all. There was a lot of people putting the pieces together, and oh no, no, it'll be a great match for him and Sam Darling. All right, we can put all that to bed. Adam Gase is never a match for any quarterback or any team. He just runs them into the ground, and we've proven that now. So I heard rumors of I heard rumors of Bill Cower a few months oh, ago good wanting Lord, to come get back. Out of here. Get out of and here. And I'm I'm just like listen, <laughs> he was successful with a team that had Jerome Bettis. Like we don't have Jerome Bettis. <laughs> we don't nobody has Jerome Bettis. I mean, I guess Derrick Henry is as close as you can get. But it's a completely Derrick Henry is even different than Bettis, right? But like Bettis was just a plow. Yes. You expected him to just plow through people. That's different than what any team has right now. All right, we made it out of the top ten. Now we'll pick and choose a few that we want to compare. We already told you that Kirk Cousins was eleven. It was a very unexciting eleven. But again, if yeah. you drafted quarterbacks late, he was fine. Matt Ryan fell to 12. Uh, he's a little lower than most of us had. You had him at uh, 11 at the end, and Network had Matt Ryan at 6. I had him at 8. He wasn't horrible, but yeah. it wasn't good. I mean, when Matt Ryan is out there, you're thinking Matt Ryan is going to throw for more than 26 touchdowns. And he just didn't do it this year. The team was kind of a train wreck. Todd Gurley is a, an absolute shell of his former self. And oh, we were hoping that close. wasn't going to be, but that's what happened. Started out okay. Yeah. The whole the season started out okay, but then at the end of the season, it was not good. No. And I think he's done. I honestly don't think he has success anymore in the NFL. Nope. I agree with you. We yeah. will talk about him more when the running backs get here. But... The number 13 was a bit of a surprise because the number 13 I had at, let's see, number 23. Uh, I don't even know if you ranked him, and Network had him at 23 as well. I'm talking about Derek Mm, Carr. And it, it was weird because the Raiders had some early season success, and Derek Carr really just 
found and locked on Darren Waller all year long, and as long as teams weren't completely just, we're going to stop Darren Waller, he had good offensive days. So Derek Carr was a decent fantasy option for most of the year, 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. He even had 3 uh, touchdowns on the ground, 4,100 yards. I mean, it yeah. wasn't bad. wasn't what I expected, but I also don't know that I would have been playing him You know why you didn't expect it? Why? Because Derek Carr's a bad quarterback. <laughs> He's just not a good quarterback. So that's why you just say, you know what? It doesn't seem like he's going to be good at fantasy. It doesn't compute. But when you throw all your balls at the same guy every single time, yeah, <laughs> and they're not going to stop that one guy from catching the ball, all right, well, you'll take what you can get. So that's why Derek Carr's a little bit higher. In my opinion, I'm still not doing Derek Carr next year. No, 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 no. It's not going to be a thing. He won't even be on my list. If I put him on my list, then that means they had a fantastic draft. Right. Guys that were (laughs) really good. Like, that's the only way it's going to happen. They didn't draft a speedster wide receiver with their number one pick, and then (laughs) he fizzles out. Not that I don't like Henry Ruggs, but... It's just, that's yeah. not a good first pick. I, I'm sorry when the Raiders no. need so many other uh, positions of need. But anyway, uh, then we got Ben Roethlisberger at 14, who I had at 19. You had at 16. Network, where's he had at 14? So he hit the nail on the head yep. with Ben yep. Roethlisberger. Um, he, the, the Steelers, they'll show who they really are in the playoffs. We'll see if yeah. Ben Roethlisberger is even going to be there. He looks like he is really getting banged up, and they could use a fresh start at quarterback. I know Steelers fans have a lot of fond memories of Big Ben, but I think it's probably time to say goodbye. This, it feels like, to me, it's a little different of a scenario, but like if they are going to have success, it has to be him because... I don't know how much longer he wants to do this. Right. It, it, it seems it's so crazy. They started out undefeated. And at that point, Ben, I still looked at Ben Roethlisberger and I said, you know what? It just doesn't seem like the old Ben Roethlisberger. No. It, but anyway, I'm comparing it to when Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl. Oh. Everybody knew he was done. And it just kind of feels that way with Ben. But I still feel like Ben can play football. I just don't see it, the it factor in him anymore. No, it really isn't an and, it factor. And, and next year, if if he's still there, I, I fully assume that Juju Smith-Schuster isn't going to be there next year. I am banking on no. him not being there, and that would hurt Ben Roethlisberger in some aspects. We'll get to Juju in the wide receivers episode because there's a lot to break down when it comes to Juju. But yeah. the Steelers as a whole, I think I think they just got to get younger, and that'll that'll put some hindrances on Deontay Johnson and some of those other guys that we really like to see break out this year. But I think yep, Ben's yep. got to go. So then the number fifteen overall quarterback, though he did not lead his team to a winning record or playoffs, Cam Newton still had some decent fantasy games this year. Yeah, I, I think uh, did network rank him. Oh, he's he, got him right smack at fifteen. So well, he, look he's at that right on the money. Cam Newton got introduced right before the season started to network rankings, and he hit yep. the nail on the head. I, I don't know if 
he made the number 15 spot the way he thought he would get there because <laughs> it was a very up and down season. He was getting pulled from games and then he'd score three rushing touchdowns and until the last game of the season, I believe we'll just put it this way. Go ahead. I'm just saying that the reason we didn't have him on our list is exactly what we saw out of him. Yeah. And he put him on his list because he knew he there's a chance he can be good. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for network, but I, I even considered putting him on there, but I was like, you know what? I just don't trust in Cam Newton after what I saw the year before. Nah. Yeah. And and I was right, but not at the same time. Right. I and think we both were. We I, all were right. Just yeah. put it that way. Yeah. We're never wrong. <laughs> and I think <laughs> um, it wasn't until the last week of the season or maybe week 16 that Cam Newton had not thrown for more than one touchdown in any given game until like the last week or two. Yeah. So when your quarterback is yep. doing that, you're not going to be successful because uh, even – the great running quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick, they were throwing touchdowns as well, and Cam Newton just wasn't doing that. He had eight touchdowns throwing on the year and 10 interceptions. He had 12 on the ground. He was scoring them left and right on the ground, but that does not equal for a, a good fantasy season when you don't know what to expect out of him. Yep. Then uh, my, I was hoping he was going to have a little bit of a bounce back year. Uh, you were pretty darn close, and uh, yeah, Network had uh, this guy right around where I did. I had him 11, Network had him 12, you had him 15. He ends up 16, Matthew Stafford, who will be yep. uh, talked about where he will be going this off season. Will they try and retain him in Detroit and continue to try and get to the playoffs with him, or are they finally done with Matt Stafford? And where he ends up is going to be a very good indication of how I'm going to look at him and draft him in the next uh, 2021 oh, yeah. season. Because I think he's still got it. He, he can still throw the ball and sling the ball, but he didn't have Kenny Galladay for like half the season or more. Marvin Jones had some good games because that was all they had. You and I love Quintus Cephas. But he's not exactly a standout wide receiver. He's just from Wisconsin, and we were rooting for him. Yeah, And the biggest benefactor of Matt Stafford this year was their tight end. Uh, And he's going to benefit in next year's drafts. But again, it's the tight end position. TJ Hawkinson looked great, but will he do it without Matt Stafford if he doesn't come back? Will he do it with Matt Stafford if he comes back? Are you willing to try and take TJ Hawkinson so high that, I mean, tight ends have got to be leaving a bad taste in everybody's mouth by now, aren't they? Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. (laughs) There's no question. But with Matt Stafford, where? Yeah. Where? Where's he going to go? If the Lions don't have him, I don't see any other team saying, you know what? You're better than the quarterback we're going to draft. And even if he is, it, they, they want the quarterback to start. That's the trend right. in the NFL right now. Yep. I don't see him having a team unless something – a team that has – he could be a free agent for a while if the Lions don't want him. Because I see the 
like he has to go to a team that had a legitimate quarterback that had a chance to be a good team, and then Stafford comes in and replaces that. Well, I we should. honestly could. Uh, here's here's one team, and I hate it, but it could be the Patriots. It could be the Patriots. There, there are a few spots that I'm thinking of, and I think you and Network and I should maybe make a list of all the quarterbacks that could possibly be free agents or swap teams in some manner coming up yeah. and see how close we can get because there are a few teams. I could see him staying in division if the Bears peter out in the nope. playoffs. I don't nope. think either one of those quarterbacks are there. Maybe he goes there. I'm not saying it's likely. There are teams like the Washington football team where I don't think they want to I don't move so. on with Alex Smith. Obviously, there's no more Dwayne Haskins. They yeah. have a decent uh, couple of pieces on offense. Or what happens if Dak Prescott doesn't get retained by the Cowboys? That there's is a spot where Matt here. Stafford could s- seriously thrive in with the amount well, of we weapons don't they know have. Exactly. It's not just about Dak Prescott not being part of the Cowboys team. It's about... Right if Dak Prescott's going to be anywhere <laughs> close to ready to play at all for the Very next true. season. Very true. So I, I honestly, I could see the Stafford situation for the, for both teams that I absolutely can't stand. Yes. The uh, Cowboys <laughs> and the Patriots. Yep. I could see that. That would be both things where I would not be able to root for Matt Stafford anymore. <laughs> so. Right. And that's, unfor- I like Stafford. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that to happen. All right. Next on the list is uh, Baker Mayfield, who uh, yeah. up and down season. I pegged him uh, right around that. I had him at 17 first and then 18. He ended up staying 18. You had him at 14, and Network had him uh, at 19. So we were all pretty close. We knew yeah. it wasn't going to be a pass first team in Cleveland. We all saw Nick Chubb is the guy that makes the Browns who they are right now. That's true. And without Nick Chubb, they were a very average football team. Kareem Hunt wasn't exactly a great running back when Nick Chubb was out. He was fine, but he wasn't that plug-and-play, oh, I'm getting 100 yards and a touchdown every single time uh, they go out there. But they are not. I I had him a little higher on my list than both of you did. And I have to believe that if OBJ doesn't get done for the season. Now he's somewhere close to that. Yeah. Baker Mayfield had games to where you were like, oh, wow, that was a heck of a game. I mean, the one game they scored, I don't know how many points in the oh, first yeah. half, and we were just like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? But he's got some skill to his quarterbacking to where if he did have OBJ for the whole season and OBJ doesn't cause issues and make waves and whatnot, that I think he's he ends up closer to fourteen. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Than to eighteen. So no, I can definitely see that. Now the next guy on the list is one that we may have ranked lower. We have a weird, unhealthy obsession with not liking this quarterback, <laughs> and network pegged it. He got him at eighteen. Well, he started him at eighteen. He dropped him a couple of spots right before the season started. Uh, you had him at 24, and I had him at 24. Yeah. Talking about Jared Goff, who did not yeah. have the greatest of fantasy seasons. He had a couple of good games. The Rams, they they got to the playoffs, right? And I don't know <laughs> how. 
it was such a weird season. They had yeah. multiple running backs in and out of the lineup. Cam Akers finally starts doing good, then he gets hurt. Uh, Robert Woods wasn't as I, great as he was. Cooper Cup wasn't as great as we wanted him to be. And Tyler Higby sure as heck wasn't the tight end that everybody wanted him to be going into 2020. I remember specifically saying, <laughs> I don't know if it, if it was 18 per se. That's where he's ranked right now, right? Right. I don't remember if it was 18, but I remember picking a number, maybe it was 15, that all these quarterbacks from 15 to 25. Oh yes, could I remember. Flip-flop. Yes. We could we, they could be scrambled up anywhere so, in here. I think that's kind I think that that's probably the most accurate thing to say when it comes to Jared Goff. Yep. Like he, he could have he he could have been better which he was. He was better than where I had him at 24. Yeah, that's, Congratulations. That is a very it's almost a perfect explanation because I do remember you saying that after yeah. 15 or so, I could see any one of these guys being in any one of these positions, and that's yeah. kind of where we're at. <laughs> We've got Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater. Now, we wouldn't have thought Drew Brees was down here, but he was hurt for multiple yeah. weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, uh, and then we got Drew Locke sitting at 23, Carson Wentz at 22, that Again. one was a shocker. We have to talk about that because we have we? him higher. Really? <laughs> and a lot of people probably did too. But I think there were some naysayers on Wentz thinking that he wasn't going to be as good as what we thought he would be. So they're probably a little more accurate about Wentz than we were. But, I mean, I had him at eight. You had him at nine. Uh, Network had him at uh, oh no, you didn't have you had him at seven. Oh, he was yeah, originally you, at you nine. I rankings. bumped him up, and network yeah. had him starting had him at eleven. Eight. Bumped him up to eight. I probably talked him into that. Uh, I apologize for influencing <laughs> uh, your rankings of Carson Wentz, but I still based think... of what we've had seen out of him, you wouldn't have expected no this poor of a showing. And so they were. It is what it is. They were supposed to have a healthy wide receiver crew. Deshaun Jackson was coming back. They drafted yeah. another speedster in Jalen Rieger. They had both tight ends. We all thought Dallas Goddard was going to take a step forward. And I know Network thought Zach Ertz was going to take a step back. I didn't think he was nah. going to take that far of a step but back. <laughs> but we thought there was enough offensive pieces. And we all thought Miles Sanders was going to be way better than he was. Yeah. And we'll get to it in the running backs episode that because whole, he was not whole. bad. He just team, didn't get enough touches. That whole team underperformed fantasy wise. Oh yeah, for they sure. They really did. And yep. yeah, I'm not gonna dwell on it, but it was a sad, sad season. Now, <laughs> a couple more quarterbacks we'll talk about before we finally and and again we could talk and talk and talk and dive and dig and overanalyze for hours. But we eventually have to call it a night, and we just have a couple quarterbacks here. Like Daniel Jones, he was one of those guys that we thought, even though the Giants were probably going to not be a good team, he was going to have a good fantasy season because he'd shown it. He'd thrown like four touchdowns in a couple of games last year. Like, okay, this guy can score a bunch of points in a single game. And he can run the ball a little bit, even though he trips over himself every once in a while. He can still <laughs> use his legs to get points. He had 423 yards on the ground, only scored the one touchdown, but he can run the ball. And he only threw 11 touchdowns. Like I said earlier, 11 touchdowns, 
and 11 fumbles on the season. There was just so much wrong with Daniel Jones yeah. this year compared to what we thought it was going to be. He ended up number 24 overall. I had him at 14. We, you had him at 19. Again, interchangeable anywhere in there. And yep, Network had him at 15. Or no, he... Where did he... Oh, he bumped him up to 14, had him at 15 originally. So we all thought he was going to perform better than he did, but he didn't. Yeah. Well, the reason that Daniel Jones wasn't as good as maybe what we thought it was going to be, it, it, it all depends. But Saquon Barkley wasn't there for the entire season, at pretty much any of the season. So it, it, it takes a big chunk out of your rankings at that point. So you have to have somebody like that where he is able to catch the ball out of the backfield, which helps Daniel Jones. It also takes pressure off of Daniel Jones oh, when you have sure. somebody who can run the ball like he can. So I think that kind of hurts his fantasy production for this year. I don't know how much I expect it to improve when Barkley comes back, mm. but at this point, that's where I kind of feel like he fell down the rankings a little bit. And that makes perfect sense. And there's always the other side of that coin. Like you have no running back. You should be passing the ball for 350 yards a game because you have nothing else to do. And it should be better fantasy wise, maybe not winning wise, but there's always that other side of the coin. You're like, well, you should have just been chucking it all game, right? Well, when we, when we saw Freeman come in there, we thought, okay, this is going to be pretty decent because Freeman was good at the, well, we thought he was good at that point, but it just didn't pan out. So I, I, I don't know. I understand the sentiment of, like, well, you should be able to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. But if you don't have the running game that you expected to have, your entire game plan gets shifted oh, around. Yeah. And Daniel, Daniel Jones is not good enough as a quarterback <laughs> to make up that difference. And to your point about Saquon Barkley, the, the one thing I can agree on is because Saquon would catch six yeah. to 10 balls a game and yep. get 60 to 150 yards receiving when he's getting that many catches. And that's a quarter to a half of your entire production in a game. And you take that out of the equation for the entire year and you don't have a, a back to replace it with, you know, we we've loved Devonta Freeman over the years, but he definitely wasn't yep. anywhere close to what he used to no. be. Wayne Gallman had a good stretch there. Still not Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Alfred Morris even came in there and got us some <laughs> touchdowns this year. I thought I'd never say that name ever again as a yeah. new news article coming out of there <laughs> or new statistics, but we did have some Alfred Morris sightings. So. <laughs> It'll be one, Daniel Jones will be that guy maybe next year if everybody comes back healthy that you don't even have to draft or you take him at the very, very end of the draft and you, you hope he does good. And again, a lot of these guys, you can just be like, yeah, I never drafted him. I drafted him really late and dropped him. <laughs> Nobody needs to know that I actually drafted him. If he well, you're not, you're you're not going to have to draft him early. Let's say you think no. he's going to have a more successful year because of Barkley or whoever else. If it's a two quarterback league, I'm fine with him. I'm perfectly fine with Daniel Jones in two quarterback league because I do think he'll be better coming to the next year. So I, I don't know how much better we're going to have to analyze that when we get to oh, that. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're just speculating right now. 
And then you've got guys like Gardner Minshew, who was in and out of the lineup. Uh, They're going to have Trevor Lawrence more than likely, so that'll be a moot point next year. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles went back and forth. Trubisky started off the year winning games, but not looking great. And then Nick Foles was winning games, but not looking great. And then Trubisky was getting fantasy points, but they still weren't quite winning games. It's a mess. I think... The Bears are dumb enough to think that Trubisky has found something. Well, if if they win a playoff game, how can they not bring Trubisky back? You're like, "Uh, we have to, don't we? Like, we want to made (sighs) They made the playoffs. Now, let's think about this. They would have missed the playoffs if there's not a seventh seed. Yes, that is very true. So, kind of consider that as part of what the bears are doing, but the fact that they made the playoffs, <laughs> the bears organization, I can see them being dumb enough <laughs> to say that Trubisky is good enough to get us back to the playoffs again, yep. which maybe he is. Maybe he's good enough to get that seventh seed, but he's never going to be good enough to win you a super bowl. No, I don't Ever. think so. And we got to talk about one more team and their quarterback situation before we get out of here for the day. And I'm talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Their quarterback situation is absolutely atrocious. Again, another spot that maybe Matt Stafford could slide into. They've got a good enough defense where he could be that game manager type. Again, we can talk about it later. I see that. The the problem is is that Garoppolo didn't have his fair chance, I guess. Oh, he has his fair chance. Don't get me started on Garoppolo. Here's the thing. I could see, just like the Bears, I could see the 49ers saying he didn't have enough of his opportunity to give himself. Eh. They were in the the Super Bowl, Eh. and Garoppolo (laughs) didn't play like any of the season. So it's like I feel like they're going to consider Garoppolo again heavily. They I, might. I, he will be the quarter. He will be the quarterback on the team next year. It won't be, it won't be Stafford. Although I think it would be smarter if they did go with Stafford, somebody like that. But they won't. Yeah, I I just think that any quarterback that they have put on the field in the last two years has just been awful. I agree. And I agree. The, even Jimmy Garoppolo, when they made the Super Bowl. We talked about it at length a couple of times yeah, where he threw the ball, what, seven times in a playoff game and they won or at the end of the season. Yeah, I don't remember what it yeah. was. Like, that is not a way to continue winning. When and, and this year was an anomaly for the 49ers, even though we both thought they would miss the playoffs this year and not be as good as they were. We didn't right. think it would right. be like this where – Every running back had an injury at some point. Wide receivers were going down left and right. <laughs> George Kittle went down for most of the year. I, it was a very bad year all yeah. around for the Niners. I don't know if they would have been much better healthy. It seems like they should have been. But, again, that was a very tough division this year, and it ended up being the Seattle Seahawks division, and the Rams made the playoffs. The Cardinals were right there at the end, so – even yeah. if they were healthy, who knows where it would have gone. But Jimmy Garoppolo, not on my list. It made both of your guys' list. Oh, uh, he made it barely, just barely. Just on my list. barely on. But I, I just had to put that out there. But <laughs> all right. That is enough quarterback talk. Next week, Oof. we are going to break down the absolutely, utterly, just horrible. <laughs> 
running back rankings that we came uh, up with, and it's through no fault of our own, but my no. goodness, did the running backs get spread out and things happen to them, injuries and weird uh, placements of guys and <laughs> overhyped players. Like, there is so oh, yeah. much to talk about when it comes to running backs next week, and I can't wait to dive in because it is going to be a, a very, very fueled-up episode. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry I said that because that didn't. That was that was a shameless little plug there, but um. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody out there watching on Twitch. Thanks everybody listening to Podcast Land. If you want to check out our rankings and see where we ended up, it is at fantasyfuelpodcast.com slash home slash rankings. There'll be a link in the show notes if you want to see just how good or bad they are before we analyze them, overanalyze them, reanalyze them. We're gonna do it all. That'll be next week. Running backs, don't miss it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week when we talk about horrible, horrible running backs. All right. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>